We're getting a, we're getting a lot of great comments coming in. I I've been monitoring the other chats as well. A lot of nice messages here. Viane is on route to Barcelona. Great <laughs> to hear from you. Vanita Moore says happy holidays. Ruth Pollack, uh, a, a few comments here as well. Not a DJ, not a vocalist, not an engineer, not a producer. Got news for me. Oh, you're a songwriter. Okay. We've talked about titles. We talked about lyrics. We talked about melody. Actually, all that is songwriting. And I think, you know, that's where there's so many producers out there that are going, do you have any vocals around you can send me? And I mean, hello. That's <laughs> the most important thing of your song. Your track better be super unique if you're going to get someone to sing on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or get Stormzy to rap on it, whatever. I mean, seriously, your track's going to be so crazy that something you never heard before. And, and it's likely not to be. <laughs> not to be rude, but it's not likely to be that. So I think, you know, focusing on the vocal, fo finding the right vocalist. I mean, if you hear a vocalist, look him or her up and travel to where he or she is, record with her, him or her, with your track. It's worth the investment. It's definitely worth the investment. And and as far as songwriters concerned, obviously that's a coming from the publisher side point of view, I guess, more. Also, you, you need to have the songs placed. But looking up people, traveling to their location and, and write with them, set up a session yourself, you know, bring in a vocalist you like that suits, that suits your style of writing and look up a producer and do what you can to get in the same room. The Internet's not going to save you there. It's going to save you in, in terms of finding those people, but not in terms of, you know, selling your, your track. across. I, don't, I think so, at least. It's, you, you need a really good singer, at least, to, to sell the song. Why travel to the singer? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I do that too as well. I, I pay for people to travel to my studio because I know that I work better here and more creative and, and more happy in my own environment, definitely. So so any, any sort of combination you can do to get that session going in the same room is super valuable. And Simon, Thomas actually added a second comment there, bring your studio to them as a question. I've seen pictures of your studio. I've seen videos of you working in there. That's the master control center. It's a lot of equipment to be able to bring to the other side of the <laughs> the other side of the world or even another city, even down the street. So would that be the reason why you would prefer to have them come there? Because everything is set up. You know how everything works. You've got it all there. I, I, I definitely work faster on, on hardware since because I know them so well and I feel... If I know the software that I'm bringing, I mean, I, I know all the native stuff and I can make good sounds on synth plugins that I know, but I'm so much more comfortable with my own gear. I know how the preamp on the on the mic works and I know, you know, the sweet points of, of the room. And most of all, I got a really lovely room to work in and not many places that I go have that. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, I mean, for me to travel to a session in London, I need to stay in a hotel. For me to, to fly a singer here is cheaper because I've got guest rooms and stuff they can stay at. So in a way it's, yeah, fly the singer here. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm, I'm sure that you would get some time to show them around as well. I mean, it, it looks like a beautiful part of the world. So Exactly. It's, it's, it's an exotic thing to do instead of just staying home. Yeah, absolutely. And studios, they... They're expensive. They they charge you by the hour, and then you probably got to go out and buy lunch. 
you've got mm. to eat away from the studio because most studios won't let you sit in there and eat and keep Thanks. working. All of that adds up. Like you said, accommodation and travel. Whereas if you go fly over here, you've got a place to stay, you know, and, and then when we're done, we can go down the road. I know a great spot where we can have a pint. Mm. How could you say no to that? I mean, I'm I'm starting to think I need to take singing lessons so I can I can start working with you. <laughs> we had so much fun. Cool. While we were chatting, we had a few more comments come in. I'm just reading them off of LinkedIn here. So Luke gave us a shout out. Happy New Year. Hi, Luke. Happy New Year to you as well, Luke. On LinkedIn, we've got Lacey Darrell Phillips. Greetings from New York City. The Uncle Earl, and he's got like a little dancing disco. Dancing Disco Man, yep, you got it, you got it, you know what it is. You can't see my arms, that's probably a good thing. And then we've got Michael Lukeski, hello from Northeast Pennsylvania. Wow. Fantastic. Mass Dialect put a question in here for you, Simon. We may have covered this, but let me just read it out. Any advice on submitting or where? I have features from Grammy-nominated artists and opened for mainstream artists and have celebrities and labels all over my Instagram, yet I still find myself being underground. Interesting. So an unsigned artist considers himself underground but has features from Grammy-nominated artists, opened for mainstream artists, and has celebrities and labels all over the Instagram. So... I mean, you're doing something right there for sure. Like, uh, got people's attention and people are expecting something from you. I would say don't change your music. Yeah. (laughs) I'd say just put out more stuff because there are people expecting you. There are people waiting for your music. Just put out more stuff. There seems to be kind of rule of thumb to, at least for, for those success cases I've studied, is that they do a release every six to eight weeks which is pretty frequent. Yeah. But if you get into that continuous flow of releasing music, people are going to expect, you know, they, they, you're going to build a momentum of some sort. And, and obviously because all these people are following you, they just haven't seen the right connection yet. They might haven't seen, they might not seen yet that you've got a consistency. They like what they've seen so far. They want to see more. And the more hype you can manage to create, the more the, the higher the uh, <laughs> advance would be when somebody signs you, which, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. The way I look at it right now, you know, adding to what we said before, by the way, the the name on LinkedIn was Mass Dialect for anyone that wants to take a look as well. But similar to what you said, if you're unique, people are noticing you. So. It, it may it's and it's never an overnight thing. And if it is, most people aren't ready for overnight success. And overnight success is ten years in the making. Yeah. You know, there's artists out there that sort of one one example, Lizzo, who mm. blew up this year, and everyone goes, "Oh, overnight success!" You know, truth mm. hurts. You know, went viral on TikTok and this and that. There, you know, Lizzo has been awesome on social media with sharing the story and saying, you know. X amount of years ago, I was living in my car, paycheck to paycheck. I just had enough money to eat some days mm-hmm. and I never gave up on music. I was yeah. still creating music and putting it out and eventually one song clicked and I had all this other music that I'd been doing and I got better with each release mm-hmm. and she stayed unique. 
Yeah. She, there's, there's not many people out there that sound like Lizzo and that's what's important and it doesn't matter what genre you consider yourself to be in. I guess that's the same with, with mass uh, dialect. There's something that people get attracted to and that's normally uniqueness. You know what? I just noticed there's more comments coming in though as well. Actually, mass dialect is a hip-hop artist. Oh, cool. Mostly in need of representation and trouble getting my music to the right ears. Like what we just said, you've obviously got something that is getting some of the attention. Just a couple of ideas here. This, so somebody follows you on Instagram for whatever reason. They're mm. not a bot. They're a real person. You've looked at their profile. Go and hit the direct message button and spend 10 seconds and record a personal video that goes direct message to them and just say, hey, Simon Field. I appreciate you following me. I see you're from Norway. What's it like there this time of year? Hmm. Anyway, just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Simon opens that up. Simon's already followed you and gets a personal message that took you 10 seconds to do. Yeah. That may open up a conversation. And Simon doesn't necessarily curate hip-hop music, but it could be enough that he may know somebody that does and you may get his attention. Yeah. So if Instagram, if you've got a lot of eyes on that, Mm. Use it. Um, you know, you can direct message people on there. Mm, you can, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wherever it's big for you, wherever people are paying attention, use yeah. that. I mean, Twitter, you can DM, LinkedIn, you can message, you can use email if you're not connected and you yeah. want to pay to connect with them. Facebook, the list goes on. Yeah. Wow, we got more people tuned in here as well. Maya, hello from Cleveland, Ohio. Mass Dialects just actually added... I've been doing this for 10 years, but more serious for the last four years. Thanks. So there we go. Ex exactly like we said, it's never overnight. I, I'd say up to this for a long time. I'd say for that project, which is very typical for hip hop, is get as many collab as you can. Yeah. Get your name out as many places as you can. This collabs are easy and easy entry level way to get on onto a release. So that might be also one option for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? What I wanted to mention about those collabs is main artist versus featured artist when you collab with somebody. Yeah. Well, what's your take on that? Let's mm. say you came to my studio and collaborated with me on a track. Would you want to be a main artist or a featured artist? So there are two things in here. Firstly, I would agree on it before going there. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a lot easier to negotiate a percentage of zero than it is to negotiate a percentage yeah. of a track that's been made. Yeah. Also, it depending on what track we're going to do, if that would be a typical Simon Field track and it would help my profile and career, I would definitely have my name among the main artists. Yeah. First or second doesn't really matter, but definitely not featuring. because I'm, I, I think features are normally a reserved space for singers. At least that's, I'm a bit old school there, but if a singer is not part of the project normally or part of that musical style or whatever, it should be a feature. Otherwise, it's a collab maybe. I don't know. It's case by case. I agree with you. Okay, let's say you're a acoustic guitarist and you play on one of Simon's Deep House tracks and you're tagged as a main artist. You mm -hmm. may find that your fans also like or your related artist section starts to change and yeah. it's very 
different from the the rest of the music that you put out. So that may be a time where you don't want to be necessarily, yes, you get a boost in monthly listeners. Yes, it shows as a new release on your profile. Yes, it will go into release radar for your followers if you submit it in Spotify for artists early enough. Mm. But you may confuse your followers if you are purely acoustic guitarist and you collaborated with a deep house producer. Mm. Yeah. If I did a track with you, Simon, and it was similar to your style and we were both main artists, I would see that as a win-win because of the fact that the track shows on both of our profiles (laughs) to both of our audiences. Mm. Uh, We have extra opportunities at Release Radar. Not only that, but you're located in a different part of the world, so Mm. you could potentially get it in front of other ears uh, for editorial versus what I could do here. So there's just there's a number of reasons why a main artist is a good thing. But Mm. like you said, if if you're from two very different genres and you've collaborated, you may want to consider just being a featured artist. So you're still credited on there, but it's not telling everyone, hey, this is a new track from this artist and confusing your followers i uh, i see there's a question from druva again maybe we should yeah. answer that because i have I, I say something around that um so timing is everything well it's definitely one factor but it's a huge one and and one thing i really want to say is don't start sending your tracks to big creators on a friday that's the worst possible day at least for me it is it starts about quarter past 12 on a thursday and you get lots of people say, oh, I've got a new track. I'll listen to this and listen to this and listen to this. And guess where I'm at that point? I The last thing I want to hear is people's new releases. I'm probably in the studio at that point or about to go to bed. Friday is even worse because those people who sent on Thursday night are back in again. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? So for me, the best time to get a song is, is Sunday or Monday, actually. Monday is really nice, Monday morning. Uh, if you're up that early, but but at least that's my point of view. So holidays are good, but if you if you think they are away on holiday, that email is going to go way down in the email box by the time they get to the email. So if you can wait to a, a workday Monday morning, that's probably the best timing you can you can do. That's perfect. And you know, just to add to that, a lot of email programs out there. Uh, one example, Gmail. Mm. It'll let you choose when you would like that email to send. So let's say, Simon, I have a track. It's just came out. I'm, I'm excited. I've got the link. I write you a nice email. Just as an example, I know that you don't want direct emails. I have permission to send you an email with this song for some reason. I could schedule it so that it sends on Monday morning at nice. the right time. And that's what I've done with curators who do like to get songs by email. Mm. I'll have a nicely composed email with exactly what they're looking for in there mm. and I'll schedule it to send at a time that I know works for them. So I know, like you said, Friday is a crazy time mm. to, especially with somebody that you haven't necessarily spoken with before, unless they're waiting for a link to that track, mm. let them take care of everything else that goes on on Friday and then hit them the week after. But yeah, I always find early in the week, Monday, Tuesday is a good time. Yeah. It's also about finding less competition. So whenever you can find a spot where you have less competition, go for that. And Friday is horrible. Yeah. Well, that's it. And, you know, I mean, 
looking at looking at the labels and and friends at labels and the way that they work hmm. you you don't call them on a friday they're no. sitting there they they've been working like crazy in the lead up to that release i mean the work goes in weeks months before yeah. that release comes out but the day that that song comes out on a Friday, they're sitting there. They're watching. Where did it get placed? Is it charting anywhere yet? How's it being received? Is it you know people sharing on socials? Have radio started playing it yet? They're they're worried about all of that, and you know it's the same with curators. They've got day jobs. They're trying to wrap up on Friday for the week. Uh, they're trying to get everything else done. They may listen to music early next week uh, because it's a little quieter where they work. And, you know, I have a spreadsheet where I keep track. So I know don't submit music to this person on Friday because they don't want to do it. They listen to submissions on Sunday. So yeah. like, great. I'll make sure I get it to them Sunday morning. And you'll, get to, you'll start to realize this when you go back to your email history and, you know, it will show you the day of the week that they responded to all those emails previously. So you go, oh, They've been replying on on Wednesdays uh, and, and telling me they placed it. And when I have a look at Spot on Track or Chart Metric or Spotify mm. for Artists, I can see that it was placed on a Wednesday is when they do most of their placements. So mm. I'm going to keep note of that. Yeah. So maybe I don't know how much time we got, Mike, but um, I kind of wanted to touch on some more curation stuff that that's worth maybe as a wrap-up or something. And I think it comes back to what I've learned from creating my own playlist. So the, the fact that on a daily or weekly basis, listening through, skipping through 100 songs to see if they fit together, to see what sort of void you have in the playlist has been really, really helpful for me. Uh, also listening to new music every week, you know, to figure out, where my music fits in this musical landscape, what's new, what are the new artists doing, what's coming up on New Music Friday, what are they actually picking up, what are Spotify picking up on their playlist, you know, to, to get an idea of, of how the musical landscape is, is changing and what other people are doing. And, and I think that's one thing that producers and, and musicians don't do enough of is listening. So, you know, as, as your weekly listening routine, you should definitely spend a few hours just listening to music and try to maybe create that into some sort of playlist of your favorites and, and then try to listen th through that playlist every once in a week and, and see what it feels like because that is your identity. That That's why your song's going to fit as well. And that's how it's been for me. I've learned so much and I found so many favorite artists and tracks that way and picked up so many productions ideas and picked up so many things that I should not do in my songs because everybody else is doing it. And I think the, the listening part is just so underrated with people. They don't listen enough to music and try to analyze what's going on. How many seconds before the vocal starts? How much vocal is there? Are you, are, are we still using bridges? You know, what sort of titles are people using these days? But definitely, you know, what is the driving factor of a song? And, and obviously to me, it's normally the, the vocal and the title. If that's the case with the kind of music you're doing, go find an excellent vocal. The vocalist is going to sell the song for you easily. Uh, and if it's a if it's a good song, it's going to make lots of money. So I haven't written a good song yet, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if you're just trying to be humble or if if you uh, actually believe that. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, look, well, that's that's the thing. Everyone, we're always getting better, yeah. and we we always learn with each release, not just on the production side, but also how we promote that song, how we tell people about it, you know, lead times, all of that stuff. Are you always learning? So I'm really grateful that you've been so open today and shared so much about this. I mean, some of the things that you shared, like even the artwork and and how important the song title is. I mean, I never imagined that if I went up to somebody with a six track EP, they would look at the song name and go, I want to listen to that one. Mm, they do subconsciously. Yeah. It's so true, though, because the first time that you get a song, you get a link with a name attached to it and maybe the artwork, mm. depending on how you receive it. Mm. And that's all you have to go off before you mm. actually press play. So that's your first impression before people even listen to the song is mm. the title and the artwork. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing because... And the artist's name, mind you. Yeah. It's funny because I always used to say, oh, let the music speak for itself. And then I realized that. It um, does. No, you know, and, and the way it is now, I mean, we're sharing music on social media. People are going on Instagram and posting just the artwork. I mean, people are even announcing song titles and track lists for an album as a series of posts on Instagram. Yeah. So you really do need to be paying attention to that and make sure it looks good and make sure that people would like to take a listen do you have any examples of a song title that made you just say i mean we could go either way here let's let's share one that made you say yes i want to listen to this and maybe if you have one that made you feel like you you kind of wanted to just skip over it well (laughs) you know that it takes me back into to songs that i've you know reacted upon because of the title and it might have been pre pre-playlist time and pre-Spotify, but I mean, it goes all the way back to It's Getting Hot In Here. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the song, but I love the fucking title. It's it's fantastic. And uh, it was spelled incorrectly. Hmm? Uh, Nelly, Hot In Here. Yeah, hot That's in the here. song you're talking about. It actually has two R's. In ah, it. That doesn't matter. I mean, but, but that blew my mind because it's funny. The title is great, but also the fact that there was a spelling mistake on there mm-hmm. that I saw Obviously, it had to be intentional, or somebody would pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I, and uh, one other case was um, Labyrinth Earthquake. Well, I, that that also was a kind of title, Earthquake, and you go, "Fuck, this must be." I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to call a, a song Earthquake, it better be fucking Earthquake. Yeah, it better be epic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of level. There are not many songs that come along, you know, with good titles, but. I, I like when I do get songs for collabs as well. I, I of, often select. I mean, it's easy to see what's the unique one, and and if the title is strong enough, at least in house music, that's all you need. You don't need a verse. You can just repeat the title for six minutes. Easy if it's yeah. strong. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, Simon, um, we. We definitely could chat all day, but yeah. before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you would like to cover? Anything else that you would like to share? Yeah, but I, th- I think, you know, as a wrap up of whatever we want to call it, at least for my curation and for my own songwriting, it's title first. The singer must tell the song, you know, it, it must sound like something she's or he's selling, you know, it's like 
does the singer sell the song? And I think third or fourth where is where the production comes in uh, because it's so hard to be unique on that part. It's, uh, I mean, even Cola wasn't a unique song. It was a unique title because the whole Beatport chart was like that at that point on the Tech House part of Beatport. So the, the production was not very unique, but they, they got really, really lucky with that collab on Cola. And I think that kind of sold the song because of the uniqueness of the top line, definitely. Because the track, oh, yeah. the track was really nice. I mean, it's super, it's a fabulous track, no, no doubt about it. But there were 100 others equally good in the Tech House top 100 on Beatport. Still yeah, <laughs> completely agree. Yeah, in that order. Title, vocal, production. Title, vocal, production. Fantastic. Where can people follow you? Where can people find your music? Obviously, Simon Field, it's spelt exactly as it sounds. But where else can people find you, Simon? <laughs> uh, I'm active on Instagram. I am active on Twitter. But I think Instagram will be the most active channel where I am. And I hope most people are there. You can chat to me on Twitter. I love to reply to questions on Twitter. Feel free. I'm on Facebook, but I've been struggling trying to get engagement on Facebook, so I'm not too active there. It's been more like a homepage at the moment. Mm -hmm. And where I run my ads from, which is also something you have to do when you run playlists and <laughs> an artist, you have to run ads all the time. Oh, yes. um, so, so I'd say Instagram. And, and do feel free to listen to the playlist and, and give me any feedback you like. Obviously, positive is nice to have. Uh, pictures, you can go through the form. There's a link on my Facebook page, on the About page on Facebook, where you can go and click and submit music. I listen to everything. <laughs> Even yours, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that almost sounded like an insult, Simon. You know, I know right. that you listen because I see... This sounds very stalkerish, but in Spotify, you can see your friends feed and you can see when they're listening to music and I see how active you are and how frequently you are listening mm -hmm. and it's really nice to see that and to know that you're cycling through all those songs but most importantly I know that if I follow your playlists as I do that only the best of the best as far as <laughs> what fits within that playlist will make it in I mean I've sent you music that you haven't added and that just shows how strong you are as a curator and how much more I appreciate that than you just saying, oh, Mike's a mate. I feel like I need to add him. Mm. You know, I, I, res I respect you so much more because of the fact that you only place music that will fit, regardless of if, you know, the next big artist sends it to you or your friend who lives down the street. Only music that fits within that curation will be added. And that's how it really needs to be with all curators. And when you're submitting to a curator, keep that in mind that if your song doesn't fit, the next one might, but mm. respect the curation, respect the process, and know that by them saying no to you, yeah. that makes them a stronger curator. So if you do get your song added in future, you're going to value that placement so much more because you know that it's a good fit and people enjoy that and they listen. Mm. And that was my TED talk. <laughs> Simon, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. If we don't get the opportunity to connect again before, happy new year. And yes, I will speak in the new year for sure. 
definitely definitely and thank you simon thanks for all the guys for tuning in this thanks for all the questions as well it's been great awesome thank you cheers bye guys. everyone bye